everyone. Welcome to Jollo of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, we travel to Canada as we review 2014's black comedy, The Editor. This satirical Jollo features deliberate humor with an elaborate ode to vintage exploitation cinema. We're also talking about the virtual edition of Chattanooga Film Festival. My guest for this episode is a frequent contributor to the podcast. He is a musician, filmmaker, and fellow podcaster, Wade Brown. I'm back. I'm so excited to be back because um, this is actually a movie. The editor is a movie that's been on my watch list for like... What, Since 2014. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we obviously both watch the editor and we will get into that in just a few minutes. But in the meantime, do you want to talk about what you've been watching lately? Oh boy, let me talk about what I've been watching. Uh, I'll briefly go through some stuff because we're also going to talk about Chattanooga. Yeah, let's hit the so, high notes. Fear Street Trilogy, I did not watch the third one yet. I've watched two thirds as well. Yeah, thumbs up. I, I'm really into Fear Street 94 and Fear Street 78, 78, 1978. Yeah. Yes. Both great. I did watch stuff like Vinegar Syndrome's recent release of Six String Samurai. Ooh. It's up my alley. It's like rockabilly, apocalyptic movie that's like got martial arts and stuff. It has the coolest looking death character I've ever seen in my life. Awesome. It looks like Slash, but like also Alice Cooper has no face and the face is in shadow. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, I saw some movies like Vicious Fun. Vicious Fun's fun. Uh, it's New Shutter release. Yeah, Censor. I watched Censor, finally. Censor, yeah, I saw that one at... I watched that one at Sundance. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was really good. throwback. Kind of reminded me of, like, a made-for-TV horror film, but... It made me think of Videodrome a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw other things like Werewolves Within, which was fine. Um, Deep Cover, Criterion Connection. It's one episode on Criterion Connection. I'm going to recommend Deep Cover with Lawrence Fishburne. And Jeff Goldblum, that movie rocks. But most of my notes are Chattanooga Film Festival highlights. Well, you know what just ended two weeks ago that I'm pretty sure you watched every week? The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, of course. How can I forget? (laughs) What was your favorite pairing or movie during this recent season? Oh, boy. I love the Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2 night. That was one of my favorite nights. That was fun. Yes. As someone who has not watched either one of those movies, that is fun. Um, spookies, oh, spookies for the rough. spookies rap alone. Yes, it's a very confusing movie. Yes, uh, what was the, Day of the Beast was a good one. And uh, Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer, shout Clint Kelly, our good friend Clint <laughs> Kelly, who bought the rights to Sledgehammer, and I had to watch the VHS, the DVD transfer with him at times to make notes. To see it at Joe Bob Briggs was so wonderful. When Joe Bob name dropped Clint. I, it's like, launched off my couch. You called me. Yeah, I called you. I was like, did you hear that? I was so excited for Clint. I was so excited because I was like, I know someone that they mentioned on the last yeah. drive-in. The whole time I was like, are they going to mention Clint? Are they going to mention Clint? Yeah. That was also an interesting night. Sledgehammer with Things. Yeah, that and was a fun night. Things was an experience. I hadn't seen either one of them. I do, like... As a creature of habit, I watch a lot of the same movies over and over again. So I do like nights where it's first watches for me because it kind of was like checking some boxes. So pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, Things was, I, would, I watched it once, I'll never watch it again. Wade, I know that you watched a bunch of movies at Chattanooga Film Festival. Do you want to start going down your list? I didn't watch as many as you. I, I really 
I'm you sad had, that I didn't watch a, rough, a ton. You had a rough week, and you had like work. I had a very very busy week. Social life, you yeah. Know. Um, so it kind of, it was bad timing for me to watch a bunch of stuff, but of course I bought a badge because I wanted to support this festival. Last year during COVID, it was the best virtual festival I had attended. Platform was great. The social engagement was great. The team behind everything involved with Chattanooga Film Festival, they're awesome. So I wanted to support them. Uh, let me go run down these, uh, shorts. My dinner with Warner. Is this your favorite shorts? Yes. Okay, I noted three of them that were my favorite. My Dinner with Verna is one of my three favorites. Directed by Maverick Moore, starring Matthias Sanders and Andrew Perez. It's a must-watch. It's, I wrote in my notes, it's fucking nuts and funny. It also won the Audience Award for Best Short at Chattanooga. As it should. Yeah, it was so good. Um, Meat Lovers by Daniel Stebbins. It's it's five minutes, perfect length. Perfect length. Perfect use of the time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, Good Head. Good Head is my is one of my other three shorts. Uh, directed and starred by Matt Servino, who uh-huh. I know as the Sopranos character Agent Harris. <laughs> um, Agent Harris, Tasha Rash. Um, also stars Henry Zabrowski. Boop, boop. Yep. Uh, shout out to last podcast on the left. I'm obsessed with you and let's be podcast friends. Yes. Uh, Galileo <laughs> won the Tennessee Filmmaker Award. This was fantastic it felt like spielberg i don't think i saw that one it didn't it was it was very under the radar okay a lot of people didn't watch it because i was else on the discord channel mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't watch it i did because it, it was only three i just watched mm-hmm. the whole block yeah that one just blew me away it was like it had ten thousand dollar budget and it just it felt like a spielberg movie from like the what's the plot Basically, this guy who loves like space and stuff like that. He names his son Galileo because mm-hmm. he's gonna like you're, you're just gonna raise him to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And it basically goes through Galileo's life until the dad passes away, but the son realizes the dream. Yeah, it made me tear up. Aww. It was it was really good. It was very good. And also, my last short is still together. Still together is my. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad that we like the same ones. I loved Still Together. It was yeah. really good. It was the most bizarre 13 minute short, but also felt very heartwarming and tragic at the same time. It was good. Yeah. I also put, like, Green Cobra. It was fine. I, I wanted to like it. It has a nice premise, mm-hmm. nice performances. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make it for me. Yeah, I think with Green Cobra, it could have... Um, there's a bit of a documentary style in it, and I think it could have benefit it by having that documentary style like more of that in there it could have been like a few minutes longer with a little bit more of the I think documentary it's one of the things, footage i just want to say like they should have either leaned into it more or just took it out right it was teasing it too much right um film wise mm-hmm. my favorite film was he's dead and so am i <laughs> it was fun. fun that was cute it was different it had nice energy to it, it had nice act the acting was fun it was a movie I've not really seen, like a purgatory no. kind of movie, yeah. um, but it opens up, it has more heart to it, directed by Gabe uh, Castor and Gabe Martinez. It won the Audience Award for Best Film. Mm-hmm. Um, An Ideal Host, directed by Robert, Wor- Robert Woods. It's pure independent horror film. It's pure independent. He's like, we made this with seven people. And I like how it starts looking like HGTV shot. Mm-hmm. It's like super clean, but then it gets really gritty near the end. Very cool, like independent invasion of the body snatcher yeah. snatchers. But also Robert Woods, the director, was very he was the MVP 
of the Discord channel. Like, he was, like, in there. He was talking to the fans. He was sharing, like, behind-the-scenes photos. He was... He awesome. was great. Um, I'm trying to think... That's great to hear. I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, Coming Home in the Dark, directed by James Ashcroft... I saw that at Sundance. It's a movie that's not my type of movie. It's not it's, your type. It's well done, but it's not my type of movie. To me, it loses some steam. Mm-hmm. And it's I found too long. And on the credits, it says it was based on a short film, and I'm like, maybe yeah. it's better as a short film. Yeah. Because I hate to talk, talk about other people's films, but I noticed that if it's based on a short film, a lot of them lose steam near the end mm-hmm. because it's stretching an idea. So the last uh, few I have, I have three more. Woodlands, Dark, and Days Bewitched. Yeah, that was the only film that I really made note of because I, I liked it so much. It was actually the last full-length feature that I watched at Chattanooga. Well, it's three hours long. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually watched it like right up until like the cutoff where you couldn't watch anything anymore. I guess. So it's three hours, so I started at like 9 p.m. and watched it till midnight where you couldn't watch yeah. anything anymore. Let me guess, your watch list was, Letterboxd was destroyed. Someone created a list you of all sa- of them. <laughs> if you were listening to this and you did that, you are a saint. Yes. Whoever that is that created the the film list that is from Woodlands, Dark, and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror, the three-hour documentary exploring folk horror, you not are just, a saint. Not just any folk horror. You think folk horror, you're thinking like Wicker Man, you're thinking like British folk horror. They go into like everything. They go to American folk horror, yep. like you know, they do like they go to J- Japan. Really, is so in depth. Yep. And you know, I like *In Search of Darkness*. I like those movies, but it's mostly just like here's a movie, here's a movie, here's a movie. This one, they go in depth, they discuss it. It's also by Severn Films. Yep. So if you're if you're a big and they Severn give fan. so many suggestions. Yes. That's why I mean I started keeping track of them, but there was just so many of them I gave up putting them on my watch yeah. list. Uh, *Bloodshot Heart*, directed by Parrish. Uh, Malfitano and stars Richard Allen, Richard James Allen. I walked in hoping I would love it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's very imagine Maniac, but had some Jallo influence. Yeah, so that's where I it was misleading because to me it wasn't Jallo. The lighting made it Jallo, but it was mostly main. It's Maniac. The lighting did not make it Jallo. The lighting was inspired by Chalo That's what I'm saying. Imagine, that's what I'm saying. Imagine <laughs> a movie like Maniac, like a sleaze New York, psychotic kind mm-hmm. of psychopath, but you throw some some Jalo elements as in the yeah. lighting, the music sometimes. You throw that in there. It is kind of misleading though. It's misleading because it's not a murder yeah. mystery. Uh, my last movie is a documentary, 48 minute documentary. Cliff, Portrait of an Artist, directed by Adam Brooks, Who's in the editor? Ha! He's the star of the editor. Uh, I didn't know this. I did not know this. I walked and you into... watched it because you watched this before. Yeah, I did, I did not know this. I did not know that he directed it. I did not know. Is it an Astron Six film? No. Wow. He directed it. It's about the late Cliff Island, a Canadian artist that um he had like a double lung transplant. Mm-hmm. It's basically about his recovery, and you know he later would pass away because of complications. Yeah. Um, it's great for, it's 48, 48 minutes. If you find a way to watch, it's great. I never heard yeah. of this artist before, but it's inspiring. If your podcast is arting art artistry, like if you have any kind of artistry, watch it. It's very inspiring. Yeah. I definitely want to watch that one. Scenes from an empty church is also worth watching. If you see it, it's a great talkie film about life. Cool. Chattanooga film festival. It'll be in person next year in Tennessee. 
I heard they're also thinking about doing like a virtual badge, like for some people. Like some people get certain amount, but go to it. I'm so glad I could give you the best segue in the world, the segue into the editor. <laughs> yeah, you did the Adam Brooks segue without me even knowing. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Wade. That's what I do. I shake up the podcast. All right. Well, the editor is a 2014 Canadian comedy by Astron Six. The film follows a one-handed film editor who becomes the prime suspect for the violent murders of the lead actors of a film that he has been editing. Given that this is a newer film, this episode will be light in spoilers. Some aspects of the film may be spoiled by our discussion, but we will try our best to be as vague as possible and we will not go through each beat of the film. There will be some spoilers, but we, again, we're going to try to be as vague as possible and not spoil the fun for anyone. You can watch The Editor on Shudder, Tubi, and Hoopla. No excuse. You have three places to watch it. Especially on Shudder. Shout out Shudder. All right, so let's really dive into The Editor now. Ray Ciso was once the greatest film editor the world had ever seen. Since a horrific accident left him with four wooden fingers on his right hand, he has had to resort to cutting pulp films and trash pictures. With the lead actors from the film he has been editing turning up murdered at the studio, Ray is pegged as the number one suspect. The bodies continue to pile up in this jalo thriller as Ray struggles to prove his innocence and learn the sinister truth lurking behind the scenes. The editor is brought to you by the team at Astron 6. Astron 6 is a Canadian film production company. They are known for producing low-budget, 1980s-centered, independent movies that often combine horror and comedy. Operated by five friends who do everything from write, direct, act, stunt coordinate, and beyond, the team has produced such popular genre films as Manborg, The Void, and Shudder's Psycho Gorman, which we mentioned on the last episode of Jolly the Month Club. It was one of our What We've Been Watching. Oh, Psycho Gorman, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And... Before, on the, maybe not before Borgman, Manborg. Uh, <laughs> Borgman. I've I, I, I also been watching Star Trek a little bit here and there. Sorry, Borgs. Anyway, but like before like, The Void and stuff like that, they released a movie that was released by Troma called Father's Day. It's a very like grindhouse, grindhouse revenge film, kind of like homage, parody, Stars Adam Brooks, and uh, <laughs> it is a four disc set. I have number seventy nine out of five thousand copies, so it's a limited. Who put that run. out? Troma. Oh, Troma. It was, it was one of Troma's big releases that they do. Not just they really market it. Shout out to Uncle Lloyd. Uncle lot, Lloyd. Lots of shout outs during this episode. Uncle Lloyd. I think there was a little bit of controversy with the release. I didn't want to look into it, and it's also a little negativity. Don't want to bring negativity to this, because I like Father's Day, I like Trauma, I like them both. Yeah, when I was doing a little research on the production company, I saw Father's Day and read the synopsis, and I had wondered if you saw it. It was one of those that I, I wanted oh, yeah. to suggest to you, so it, I'm so glad that you brought it up. Oh yeah, I, it's a nice little set. I might I haven't watched it in years. I might pop it in later yes. and watch it. I might need to watch it too, because I haven't seen it. Well, you know what? Screw it. You're borrowing it. We're, st- I, we're stopping the episode now and we're going to watch it. We're on a podcast right now. You're seeing us. You're hearing us hand me, hand me the Blu-ray. Four discs. Wow. Because of the CD and everything. So. Written and directed by Astron 6. Whoa. And there's a butt on the back cover. Nice. Astron 6. Yeah. Thanks, Wade. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, while editing Father's Day... 
Adam Brooks commented that he felt like he was losing his mind and suggested making a film about an editor who was losing his mind. So this film had a lot of inspiration. The editor began as a two-minute short film. The basic idea started as a parody of Jalo and cosmic horror. Eventually, the short film was optioned as a full-length feature. Filmed over one year with a budget of $160,000, the film premiered at the 2014 Toronto International Film Festival. The editor is a love letter to Italian films of the 70s and 80s and lush with giallo influence. There's a whispering cloaked killer with black gloves, obvious voice dubbing, sexist self-absorbed male characters. Oh my god, the detective... Sorry, when he shows up at the dinner scene with uh, CISO and his wife, I about lost it because I was not expecting what happens. A little bit of, a little bit of abuse to women. A man slapping a man. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. Also, he has some weird sex thing where he has to put dirt or mud or cake on his face. I don't know. There's also a liberal dose of nudity, including male full frontal. Oh, yes. Thanks, Ashron 6. Yes. You put the ass in Ashron 6. <laughs> it's a joke I'm going to run to the ground. Run to the ground. We're going to get, like, a cease and desist. Please stop. Please stop Associating making... us that <laughs> yeah. with that joke. In addition to a few standard Jollo elements, there are multiple reference to past Jolly. I'll name a few. The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward from 1971, which is on a previous episode of Jolly of the Month Club. There's a spoof of Mrs. Ward's sex scene in the rain and in the glass cover bed. It's shot for shot. Really? Strange Vice. <laughs> it's literally the shots, the costuming, amazing chef's kiss. I tip my hat to this team. Thank you. The Fifth Chord which has also been reviewed on Jolly Month Club, there's a handprint poster at the police station. So that's a real subtle one that's on the set design in the background, but great little nod. Love that one. Black Belly of the Tarantula, also from 1971. The killer is paralyzing his victims and uses a live tarantula during one of the slayings. There's a lot of tarantulas. Yeah. Um, there's one that's not Jalo, but it's Italian horror, the Three Mothers book. Yes. Yes. So, obviously, a nod to Argento. Yes. There's New York Ripper from 1982 with the dog eating the fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these are a little spoilery, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Dog eating the fingers, which, oh, no. Um, Speaking of the dog, the dog's name is Rolfie. He is Marguerite's seeing eye dog in the film. That is the actress's real-life pet dog. What a good doggo. Very good doggo. Ate his Shout owner, out to Ralphie. Ate, ate his owner's fingers. I hope they were just like little snossages or something. Little snossages. Yeah. There's also a reference to Murder Rock from 1984 with the aerobics dance sequence. Oh my god, that. Yeah. That scene. I remember that scene. A little more classy nod to Dress to Kill. The split screen. Mm-hmm. A lot. There's one shot. I think it's a joke. I don't know if it was intentional or if they just wanted the scene to play this way. But you know that the split field uh, diopter shots. Yes. Where, like, there's... Plastic the Palma. On the left, Mm -hmm. there's a close-up shot of someone, and it's, like, a blurry thing next to him, and then someone else is in focus in the foreground. Yes. It's when the detective's talking to the producer, Mm -hmm. 
And at some point, the detective, because they're doing this, and the detective starts walking towards yeah. the camera, and he's slightly out of focus, and I, I'm like, is this, was this a joke? Like, they're intentionally making the joke of the split? Uh, I think it's a joke when okay. <laughs> it's that film technique. Okay, um. okay, okay. I had to rewind that multiple times. I'm like, is this a joke? I love it if it is. Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy are two of the five friends that started Ashton Six. They are co-directors on this film. There's also a supernatural element to the film as one character, a member of the church, explains a Roman era... <laughs> A Roman-era superstition that editors were believed to be bridges to the netherworld. With this genre bend, the editor also includes nods to such Jalo films as Videodrome, Weird Science... Oh, very Videodrome, the, the, the video set. And also, like, the hand going through the, uh, mm-hmm. the projector. Don't Look Now, there's some costuming with um, Inspector Peter that looks like Donald Sutherland's character in Don't Look Now. Um, Hitchhike... Ray looks and sounds and dresses like Franco Nero's character, which that's kind of another Jalo nod because Franco Nero is very popular within the Jalo subgenre. Oh, yeah. um, there's an Inferno reference, so again another Argento. It gave me Fulci vibes, like the, the Beyond. Yep, the and Beyond some weird with, the, like with the blind woman's eyes and also the spider. The supernatural scenes, very yep. Fulci. It's like it kind of yep. starts like an Argento. Like stylish kind of gel, and it kind of near the end, it's like very freaking supernatural. Yep, it Fulci. Speaking of Fulci, <sighs> the eyes. Yeah, um, House by the Cemetery was one of the last uh, yeah. film references that I noticed within the movie. But again, that's like twenty film references <laughs> that, that I picked up, or that those are just movies that I've seen, and I I can't even imagine like what other references are in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the eye shots, like the they made fun of the eye shots yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I love an eye shot, so I still oh, yeah. liked it. <laughs> oh, this is a very important, very important note that I took. There's a cute cat nine minutes into the movie. Nine minutes and sixteen seconds. I typed in nine minutes sixteen seconds. First cat sighting. And before we get into the movie, we had to talk about like certain things I noticed in the opening credits. Featured music, Claudia Simonetti. Yep, Claudia Simonetti. Made the uh, opening. Carpenter Brut, who, if you're not on board with Carpenter Brut at this point, bruh. Yeah, they had, um, what, one track? It was, like, the third track yeah. in the movie. Uh, Jeremy Gillespie, he's he's part of Astron 6, I believe. He's, like, the composer. I yep, think. and yeah. he did uh, Father's Day. Yes. Yep. Okay, now here's where I have a tie to this movie. I, I It's a Seven Degrees of Seven Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Seven Bacon. Seven Kevin eight. Degrees of Seven Bacon. There you go. Um, the... They have a bunch of people doing the effects. I noticed Aftermath Effects by Kaylee Brown and Jason Coe. Jason Coe were from Maryland. I worked with them when we, like, Generation Z, we tried doing a movie, like, back in the day. He, they were the effects artists. Mm-hmm. I was in Jason Coe's movie Pigpen. And also that white head on my chin was also in Pigpen. I was, all, I was also supposed to be in Seventh Day um, as the reporter. You can see on the, on the actual mask that the, that the reporter wears you can see my face it looks like shaped all my face but i couldn't make it due to personal reasons so that's the tie i have to this movie i worked with jason coe and kaylee brown amazing and they did the effects they did they didn't do all the effects but they did some of the effects for this movie yeah. so i'm like oh my god aftermath aftermath effects i know this i was in Pigpen, and my them. zit was there <laughs> if you watch Pigpen, just look at that just zit. Just the one with the zit. The whitehead, man. 
So that's that's my little thing. That I just, <laughs> little like somehow I have a tie. Yeah. To that, which means you have a tie to this movie now. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. The editor has Adam Brooks as Ray Ciso. He was the lead in Father's Day. He was also in Psycho Gourmet as the dad. Who, gosh darn it, he made a great breakfast. Bre- made bre- breakfast or dinner? He made a great dinner for his family. High five. Gosh darn it. Matthew Kennedy from Astron 6 as well. He's the co-director as Inspector Peter Porphyry. I kept on saying Porphyry the entire time. Or Potpourri. Connor Sweeney as Cal Connitz. He's also in Father's Day. Um, the rest of the cast includes such iconic actors as Udo Kier. As the doctor. Iconic. Um, another little bit of a little bit of a Jallo tie. No, it's not Jallo. Suspiria. Um, so there's a little bit of an Argento tie with the casting of Udo. Paz de la Horta as Josephine, who is Ray's wife. You would recognize her from Boardwalk Empire in 2013's horror thriller Nurse or Nurse 3D. I haven't seen any of those. Lawrence R. Harvey as Father Clark, who you would recognize from Human Centipede 2 and That's 3. I see- I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I clapped right in front of you. <laughs> That's where I've seen him from. Yeah, clapped right in my face, thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It was, uh, was bothering yeah, me for a Human while. Human Centipede 2 and 3. I saw the first one. I have not seen 2 and 3. His character is has a different name in each one of them, so I don't know why that is. Probably it's but. probably a different story, but they cast the same. The yeah, same, but characters. that's where you would recognize him from. And um, we have Samantha Hill as Bella, Tristan Risk as Veronica, who you would recognize from a lot of low budget horror films. Brent Neal as Giancarlo, Brett Donahue as Claudio Berti, uh, you would recognize him from television. Claudio. Television. I mean, even Berti is a Jalo nod television and recently he was in this film called slacks which was about the haunted pair of jeans that's been on my list to watch <laughs> i've not watched it yet it's the effects are really good in that one sheila campbell she plays marguerite who is the blind lady with the cute dog who eats the fingers um and then jerry wasserman as police chief o'connor um he played a coroner in supernatural I went down his down his IMDb and I was like, I don't I haven't seen much of this. Oh, Supernatural. I've seen that. Filming began in 2013 and was shot on location in Canada. Co-directors Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy have said that with Jalo films, the style is the substance. Making the editor has been our greatest creative challenge to date. We learned that making a period piece with multiple name actors, endless set pieces, and special effects on a shoestring budget is a sleep-depriving, hemorrhoid-inducing stress mare, to say the least. Sure, you might think (laughs) we learned our lesson by making Manborg and Father's Day with the rest of Astron 6, but no. We jumped right back into the fire all over again, literally doing our own stunts for this absurdist take on the genre. Come from their own mouth hemorrhoid-inducing stress mare. The budget only allowed Astron 6 to employ a skeleton crew for one quarter of the production. After they shot a quarter of the film with a crew, they completed the rest along with friends and family as their only assistants. I know that feeling. That's why you see, like, a lot of background actors or crew doing multiple multiple jobs you see them in multiple films they're like a really tight-knit group and they really were the were the crew in the background were they naked the entire time because there's a lot of people naked in the background a lot of these shots can i tell about one of my favorite shot my favorite things 
Uh, it's, it's the Star Wars time you're wearing the same clothes. Well, of course I'm wearing the same clothes. I'm, in, I'm the inspector. Ray's going to go through his tragic backstory. Meanwhile, Cal is like entangled in film. Like, it's, a, it's a classic tragic backstory of how he went to... take there. It's it just like he's just <laughs> entangled in film and they hold on it and it makes me laugh. I had to rewind it three times. Yeah. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the background of a lot of the scenes, they were just like, go in the background and just like do something. So like in every single shot, there's something going on in the background, which I I absolutely love that. It makes me want to go so, back and watch it and yeah, s- yeah, watch yeah, yeah. the backgrounds. Yeah, love that. Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy acted as directors of photography, so co-directors of photography. There are many over-the-top, but not too convincing, gore shots. Like, they really leaned into the Jalo with, like, the orangish red blood. Great lighting effects, great zoom lensing. The editor was filmed on a Red One digital camera. Nice camera. And edit it with Premiere Pro on an iMac. I used to do. I yeah. used to do. Um, Premiere Pro CS6. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know exactly what was used to edit this film. Premiere is always the go-to, it seems. Speaking of effects, I, the funniest shot, in my opinion. I laughed. I cackled. It's when they're watching, like, Claudio's character. It's like, it's a film reel, mm-hmm. like... Where it's like, who are you really? And they tear off the mask, mm-hmm. and it's some woman's face. I just see like skulls, like ah, ah, and she they put it back on, and it's fine. Yeah, I laughed so <laughs> hard because I was not expecting that. <laughs> there not are a e- lot of really good gags in this movie. <laughs> That's why I said at the beginning, like I don't want to ruin. Sorry, I'm like choking because I laughing on the, on the men from being sick and also laughing a lot. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> maybe like, I should have said that at the top of this episode. Like I feel extremely froggy and have a sore throat. But I really like this movie, and it makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> there's two There's two more things that made me laugh so hard. It's when Siso is in the bathroom just washing his face in the sink, and you see the, um, what's it called? You see the Q mark in the corner, like that black dot that uh-huh. shows up in the corner. Yeah. And he looks up, and he's trying to touch it. Like, it's <laughs> funny. It's so, and it's only like 20 seconds long. Yeah. Another one is... I like the sex scenes where all the people are looking at other people's headshots. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious to me, especially when, like, you see the inspector's headshot. It's before two kills, right? Yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time. Like, when the inspector's having sex with his uh, with Marguerite, there's a headshot of, ah, um, okay, of okay, Cal. Okay. And then there's a headshot of the inspector. Why does he have the inspector's headshot? I don't know. Why does the inspector have a headshot? I don't know. And Jasmine has, like, one of herself. It's it's like a gag that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> oh, man. That also, I wrote, I wrote alternative title to this movie. Yeah, I didn't have any alternate titles. I have one. Blood on Wooden Fingers. Well, you know, The Cat with the Velvet Blade is my favorite movie. <laughs> what? It's a quote from the movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> Someone says, Cat with the Velvet Cat with the Velvet Blade is probably my favorite film. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many gags in there, it's hard to keep track. Oh my Vince Vector though, he I think he had the best lines. Like he says, um Don't worry, we'll catch the killer that killed her. <laughs> <laughs> also it's like I don't want to reveal basically like he's like, Who's the killer? Who's the killer? And he's playing dumb the entire time. They reveal who the killer is and stuff like that. He's like, I knew it was you. They did. They did. <laughs> um, speaking of kills, 
the editor is about 95 minutes long. There are 10 deaths total, so that equals about one death every 10 minutes or so. Seven by our killer. High head count. There's also, it's a classic kind of like Jalo a little bit, where they like, they throw all the kills like in the beginning, and then there's like an hour of like, just like, building characters. Mm-hmm. And there's also the the supernatural stuff that comes into play too, that eats up some of the time. But I'll, I'll shout out some of the kills, because I, I like them. Uh, we have someone's throat is slit with a razor blade. There's someone that is hung and their fingers are cut off. So that's kind of the, the, calling the killer's calling card is the fingers being cut off, which that's why... Siso's the big... That's uh, why he's the suspect is because he's missing those four fingers. Yeah. Uh, there is an actor stabbed in the throat in the shower. Someone gutted and their intestines wrapped around a film reel. Great. Death by Chainsaw. And um, I don't really want to talk about any of the other ones because I feel like it'll really spoil the ending. Yes, yes. It's, yeah. It's, you got to watch it. Great lighting, great music, great gore. It's funny, but when the horror is there, the horror is there. There's one where Siso wakes up and sees the the piercing blue eyes staring at him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they're gonna, he's going to turn the light. It's going to be a gag. It's not. It's they play. They have this tightrope of parody and homage, and it's never grown worthy. They keep it straight forward the entire time. There's a lot of running gags. The horror is 100%. The humor is 100% if it needs to. It never mix it. Like, it's okay to mix your peanut butter and your chocolate, but it's never overflowing. Well, I would also recommend this film. I had a great time with it. The beauty of the editor is how it straddles the line between being a serious film set in the Italian Giallo era and also acting as a parody of those same films. While it may be silly at times, the editor could play as an unearthed gem from the 70s and no one would know the wiser. Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy tell this story with an intention to deep focus and gratuitous gore that make it even more entertaining and fun. It perfects a specific tone throughout. You had mentioned this earlier. The structure of the film mimics the change in genre films from the 70s and 80s, shifting from a murder mystery to a supernatural spectacle. The editor cuts between fiction and reality, mirroring our lead character's shifting psyche. With respectful cues to the Jalo aesthetic, the editor is a stylistic parody delivered in deadpan fashion. I think it's respectful. I think it's well done. I'm a bit sad that the team behind it didn't have the best time making it, but I don't think that shows on film at all. It really shines to me as a horror comedy, black comedy, ode to exploitation films, Again, highly recommend it. You can watch it on Shudder, Tubi, and Hoopla. Go out and watch it. That's the plus with Astron 6. We are not sponsored by Astron 6. But uh, no. if you want to give us free swag, we're I'm, big, just, I'm We're a big fan. It's almost every movie. I've not seen The Void. Uh, but Man Borg, Father's Day, and Psycho Gorman. They ride that line. And they, they sometimes swerve a little too much. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. It's like their track record's so good. Like, it's just... It's, they always had to have a good talent and knack to finding the balance of the tightrope, which some filmmakers do not have, and they go too much into the parody, or they yeah. go too much into the horror. We're about to dive into flavor of the month, and though I did not put any of the specific films on my list as my flavor of the month picks, I would say pair the editor with any other Astron 6 film. Yes. Those would make great pairings. Well, don't shudder. Uh, Psycho <laughs> Gore Man. Yeah. Wait, do you have any flavor of the month pick? One's very loose. 
It's a sci-fi film called Galaxy Quest. Seriously, it pays homage to sci-fi stuff like Star Trek. Makes fun of it, but it's also a legit good sci-fi film. So I gotta throw that out there. Shaun of the Dead. It's also one, I would say. Straddles that line of horror and comedy it really freaking well. And the third one is almost like The Vibe. Lloyd Kaufman's Terror Firmer. Yeah. Basically, it's a low-budget... They're making a trauma movie. Uh, there's also a blind... The director's blind, played by Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> uh, and it's basically a murderer on a film set killing actors and crewmen and stuff like that. Super low-budget, super offensive. It's trauma. That's all I have to say. For this month's episode, I have two flavors... A film that I think would pair well with the editor is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think that it's so respectful to campy slasher films. It's funny. It's one of my like go-to films to watch if I ever just need like a feel-good movie to put me in a good mood. Um, and you can watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil on Canopy and Hoopla for free. My second recommendation is a movie that I know you like, Wade. It's What We Do in the Shadows which is a spoof on vampire films, horror films, documentaries. Uh, also the show. You can throw the show out in there because the show is just as good. Yeah, what we do in the shadows is the television show. The film, what we do in the shadows, you can also watch on Canopy and Hoopla for free. Wait, before we close out this episode, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Main stuff is Letterboxd, Sweet MCP. Check that out. I've been seeing some people follow me. I'm noticing their favorite films there's a lot of Jalo in there. Hey, I think they're coming from this show. So come on out. Um, the sister podcast, the Jalo the Month Club, is birthed from there. <laughs> Tales from the Pod Crypt on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, now, if there's a pod, by the way, if there's a podcast streaming service, also comes to this podcast. If there's a podcast streaming service that you listen to that these shows are not on, let us know. If there's a streaming platform that you prefer and we're not on there, let me know and I will put Jell of the Month Club on that streaming yeah. service. <laughs> uh, my personal Instagram, Suede Guy. Follow Mikadish Productions on Instagram. Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mikadish Productions and the Vimeo. Because we are working on, we are wrapping up our Jalo inspired short film. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll come out in the fall. I'll be here to plug it. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. We may do DVDs and Blu-rays. I don't know. I want to get the film done first. And then finally, last thing I want to plug is my band, Meteor King. MeteorKing.bandcamp.com is where you get our merch because we have an album coming out called Deep Crimson. If we're right now as this recording, we're mastering the tracks, so it's going to be coming out sometime this summer. So follow Facebook.com slash Mickendish. Sorry. Facebook.com slash Meteor King Band to get all the updates. We got, we're gonna, I have, I'm editing right now two music videos. It's the, the hype train is coming, guys. <laughs> so I got to hype it up. Meteor King Hard Punk from Baltimore. You'll love it. You can follow Jollo the Month Club on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. In August, I will be covering Fantasia Film Festival over on Instagram and Twitter and on a future episode of the podcast. Since 1996, Fantasia Film Festival has focused on showcasing the most exciting and innovative examples of contemporary genre cinema from every corner of the globe. Over the years, Fantasia has proven itself to be one of the largest and most cutting-edge festivals of its kind, and I am so excited to share exclusive coverage to my listeners for a second year in a row. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, please give the podcast a five-star rating. Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. And for myself, for my personal accounts, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at DianaNK. Feel free to contact me on Instagram or Twitter if you have any recommendations or suggestions or if you just want to talk about Jollo Foams. Wade, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to eventually talk about your Jollo short. Maybe we'll do like an Instagram live. Ooh, I'm down. That could be cool. I'm down. Yeah, and maybe some like exclusive content for everyone that follows on Instagram. Maybe I could play the first scene. You've been listening to Jollo with Month Club. I'm Diana Koch. And I'm Wade.